give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast Special Weekend Edition. My buddy John LaRock is on the line. We couldn't get this done during the week, so we'll do a, a, a rare weekend show for the two of us. John, what's going on? Not much, man. Gotta be back. Glad to be able to still be able to record a show. I was off on... On assignment, <laughs> and, uh, so <laughs> but now I'm back and looking forward to another talk to you more about wrestling and me and whatnot. So looking forward to it. So uh, before we get into the topics, and, and I'm going to say this first and foremost, we keep promising that we're going to discuss the uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, and we uh, we are. Uh, it, I think we're going <laughs> to push it back another week just because there was you know kind of some. Um, some stuff that we're going to need to talk about that happened in wrestling and, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to short shrift the, uh, the observer hall of fame discussion. And so I, w- I want to push it back so that we do have time to talk about it. Cause it's kind of a fun topic for us to, to do, but you know, the Roman Reigns story I think is, is, uh, in each and everyone's mind first and foremost. And so we want to, I want to dedicate enough time to talk about that. And then, you know, we'll save the wrestling observer hall of fame talk for maybe next week, but it's coming. I know I've pushed it off a couple different times, but, uh, we will, we will talk about it, but it's just, you know, it's kind of a weird, a weird news week for this week. Um, so before we actually get to the, the main subject of the week, um, you know, I, 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 I say that, you know, we are we are the podcast that is the equivalent of the rapper Too Short selling tapes out of the out of the trunk back in his day. You know, in the mid '80s, that's kind of what we are. We we do it for fun. You know, we're we're kind of just hustling um, and and you know, very little promotion on on both of us. You know, we just tweet about it a couple different times. So that's who we are. But I am gonna you know put a little little clip out there for those who may not have heard it. One of your favorite podcasts is the Jim Cornette Experience. And Jim Cornette is also somebody who both of us would love to just meet one day. Like, I, you know, when I was a kid watching uh, WCW, I, I just thought anytime Cornette was either on the TV as a manager or I even liked him, you know, I think I, I personally, I think he's the best color commentator that I've ever heard in wrestling. And uh, and so I've always just been such a big fan, and I know that you also are, are a huge Cornette fan. And so uh, he did a, he did an interview with uh, with Big Dave Meltzer, and they talked a lot about the Ted Turner discussion uh, and the Battle of Atlanta that I had done a podcast with with uh, Dave on a few mo- a few weeks ago. And so uh, Brian Lass and uh, and Cornette uh, kind of just mentioned me because. I was the one doing that podcast with Dave. And so they kind of gave me a little bit of a shout out. And, you know, Cornette said, you know, 
say my name so that my mom will be happy to hear it. So playing that clip right now, Jim Cornette just mentions my name, and obviously Brian is Brian was very nice to 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 give me some kudos as well. Play that right now. I read the Observer story. I heard you, and I don't know who that new kid you're doing your uh, radio shows is, Dave, but he's great. You should do more stuff with him. He brings oh, a yeah, lot yeah, out of you. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, those are great. Well, wait a minute. Somebody, says, somebody say his name then so he gets a little Garrett, publicity. Garrett, Garrett, Garrett Gonzalez, yes. Okay, now his mother will be happy. Go ahead, Brian. Okay, so, John, you texted me immediately when you heard the show. Did, yeah. Like, like. I don't know. It was kind of weird for me because I kind of thought that there was going to be a mention because uh, I knew Dave had had done the interview, but I still was really caught off guard when I heard it. It was kind of it almost was like not real when I when I heard that clip. I thought it was awesome, man. I, I popped big and I loved hearing it. And I love hearing Jim Cornette say your name and and you know like you know because you're doing you're doing a hell of a job with Dave and. Uh, getting very popular you're a really good host i think you are the best host in my opinion <laughs> and you really know how to you really know how to keep things flowing and i, and I enjoy that and uh i'm glad you're getting recognized because like you work hard you do a lot of studying and you know you're really passionate about it so uh, it was just it was i was just really, I was really proud of you to get that mention from jim Cornette, one of my all-time favorites if not my favorite manager which i definitely emulated when i was managing you know those years i was a manager out there for all for wrestling so i definitely took majority of my stuff from him probably about 80 percent from him and 20 percent from uh bobby heenan and some other guys throwing in so that that was cool that was really cool man and i hope one day through our connections we can one day sit down with him and just touch talk wrestling or just hit listen to him and big Dave talk wrestling i could just do that you know so, maybe head out to um, louisville yeah, maybe we'll go to the camp, uh, you know, the compound and uh, and check out uh, all the cool memorabilia he has. I would just love to look at all that stuff. You know me, I'd be there all day. Do like, let's go get some to eat. I'm like, no, I gotta look at this poster from Louisville Gardens in 19, you know, 62. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be awesome. No, I appreciate it. You're 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 very nice. You're also very biased because we're friends and you do this show. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. it you know, it, it, it's fun to uh, to kind of be out there a little bit. You know, obviously, Big Dave has such a tremendous following, and him and Brian do such a great job with with their work. And you know, just the fact that you know. I, I can host every once in a while, and it's something that I that I enjoy. You know, I have, a, I have a broadcast journalism degree, so it's something that I you know that I studied growing up, and I can kind of do it with you every week to 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 feel that part of you know of, of the joy of, of my life. So, uh, so yeah, so it was it was pretty cool. I I, I uh, one of these days I do hope to maybe even be on an interview with Cornette, like uh, like I got to be on with Jericho, even though you know Jericho got a little bit mad at me, but. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah, so we'll move on. I just wanted to play that. I thought it was kind of fun. And, you know, people who know me and who know us will probably get a kick out of it because, you know, like I said, we, we just do this for fun. We're not selling anything, not that anyone would buy anything, but you know, we just do it for fun and, and, you know, hopefully people enjoy it. So moving on, just wanted to do that, do a little fun bit. So the big story and, uh, you know, I, I, I had found out right when it happened because I had people 
reaching out to me and, and tweeting about it, which is the Roman Reigns story. He went on Raw on Monday. He let off the uh, the, the broadcast, the show, and he basically said, you know, in real life, I'm I'm not Roman. I'm Joe, and I've had this disease that I've had that I've been fighting called leukemia. And uh, it was if I if I was watching live and I wasn't watching live, I think I think I would have thought he was kidding or like there was like a joke or like maybe I was on like the wrong channel or something because it kind of was just like out of left field and not expected. It's not what you expect to see in wrestling. It's probably you know it's one of the very few um, you know true interviews about someone with an illness uh you know where they sort of break character and uh mm-hmm. and it was like real life and you know you're so used to watching wrestling and watching everything be um you know the opposite of of what things would happen in real life and here you have a guy who is their chosen guy who is their top star who the fan base is uh kind of up and down on uh, because they feel like he's been forced down their throats. And, you know, even that crowd, like, I studied the the crowd because I knew what was going on. And so I wanted to see how they reacted in the beginning, right before he came, right when he came out, and then how they had to quickly sort of, you know, change their behavior. And, you know, uh, he hasn't been getting booed as much as he has in the past, especially, you know, around WrestleMania time where the fans were just really frustrated with him. But, you know, with the shield stuff, he's, you know, he gets the, the kind of the, the low level boos, but you know, generally when he's with the shield, it's okay. And so I didn't feel like they were booing him out of the building, but it was a little negative. But the second that he made it real, you know, that crowd just like, went dead silent and it was almost like it was a pretty eerie feeling just watching you know seeing the reaction um you got to watch it back and you also watched it uh, after knowing what happened uh you know it wasn't a surprise so you were probably able to look at it a different way like me but like you know what were some of your thoughts as you were watching that well i remember you and uh the heartbreak aid rubio were you know in a group text talking about it and I was like, what happened? What's wrong with Roman? And you guys, I think, I think Rubio just said leukemia. I have leukemia. And I just remember like, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what? And so I ended up, you know, I was on a work, work trip away from home. So I, you know, I don't have raw. So I just had to wait till it was uploaded onto the YouTube channel. And that's when I watched it on, um, watch it there so I mean, i'm kind of glad i knew ahead of time because i'm a pretty emotional guy so i think i would have got really emotional about it just any you know anyone having to go through something like that it was uh you know still i still couldn't believe what i was watching it was just it was uh i mean i mean much respect to him to go out there and and just you know, to talk about this in front of everyone. And I kind of got pumped up, honestly, from his speech. I just really, like, like you just root for the guy, and, and you, you know he's going to fight it to the end. And I hope he makes a comeback, and when he does, that's, 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 when he does make a comeback, and he will, because I just think he will because he's just that determined to beat this, and, and he has done it before. Like, I think his return will be massive, and that will be one of the memorable events in wrestling in a very long time and you know so so 
So am I, you know, and it was cool to see um, everyone reach out and give their best wishes to Roman from beyond the WWE. Um, I thought that was really cool to see the whole wrestling community coming together and give their best wishes to him. So, yeah, it was it was interesting because I, I knew it was coming. I saw his speech, and you know he's going to announce that, you know, he's vacating title because of his illness. And, and it was interesting to see how that crowd just completely goes silent and... It's very eerie, like you said. And, uh, uh, the, you know, the, I just the, remember. I just remember think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just remember thinking, like, wow, you know, like, what a, what a, how that must have been in the crowd. It sounded like you hear a pin drop. You know, once, once everyone realized, hey, this ain't bullshit. This is, this is real life. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's sad. But at the end, I mean, I'm still sad about it, but. I, same time, I just you're kind of inspired by that speech, and that was a hell of a that was a hell of a speech. I thought, you know, I really did, and, and I was just, and I think he will beat this. Uh, he is obviously he is a son, he is a dad, um, and the thing that you know, you you are now a, a dad yourself. You know, you've been a dad for a few years now, and you know, we we love being. Uh, a dad we talk about our kids at the end of every podcast now uh and you know i you know i've been a dad for you know 18 years now myself I'm gonna be 19 uh, no i've been a dad for 19 years what am i talking about um and and you know what you think about immediately when, when when as a dad in this situation is you know you remember the commercial with him and his daughter where he does the the teapot song right yeah and so you're like, wow, you know, he's got a daughter. And then uh, I found out reading The Observer, he also has twin sons. And so, you know, this is a guy who, you know, he's, he, is, he is Roman Reigns. He's the chosen one. You know, love him or hate him. He's, he's WWE's main person, main guy, because uh, they, they do have a, a, main, a main woman as well. Um, but that sort of makes it, I think more real is, is to just go, okay, like this dude is, he's like mm-hmm. me. He's got a couple kids and, you know, he just wants to support his kids and he just wants to raise them and, you know, he wants them to grow up having a great life. And so immediately that, that, you know, there's just the, the cast of doubt of, uh, of this illness, you know, kind of, it kind of shakes you a little bit because you put yourself in that, sh- in, in his shoes. Like, what if that was me? You know, how, how, you know, that, you know, life is so fragile, like that whole thing. And, you know, he's got a great, uh, faith, obviously in that speech, he mentioned that he said, you know, he'll take your, your kind words and, and your letters and your prayers. Uh, but he's not looking for, you know, the sympathy part because he, he's got faith and he, he knows that he's going to be fine and like that's pretty powerful like to 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 be in that in that moment you know it could go a couple different ways you know it could have it could go where you know he's really sad about it or he's he's feeling sorry about it and 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 uh that's a different reaction so yeah i agree with you i thought it was a pretty inspiring thing and you know that this guy is uh this guy is as much as he is sort of polarizing to that goofy fan base um, he's the goods, like he really is the goods in any other generation. Um, you know, he's not looked at in, in this way, but because of the WWE fan base and because of the way that 
sort of they treat their fans and and they're always trying to work their fans and they're tr- you know they're they're trying to manipulate their fans constantly. I mean that's all this is. This is just fans pushing back because they just are just yeah. tired of being manipulated. So who do they push back against? Well, they push back against the chosen one, you know, Roman Reigns. So, you know, that 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 part of it is uh like you said he's going to come back and he's going to get the greatest cheers of his career and and I think they're well deserved because you know in any in anything that you do you want to be appreciated for it now that's not why you do things you know you don't do a great job at your job because you want your boss to appreciate you you do a great job because that's how you hold your yourself you know that that that's what you expect out of yourself and and I'm sure he's the same way but in his business appreciation is a big thing. And, and I think when he does make that comeback and he does get those cheers, I think it'll be a big thing and it'll, it'll be a great moment. And, and, you know, we're all going to, you know, I'm sort of like even thinking about it, like, Oh, you know, WrestleMania, uh, 36, you know, he makes his comeback to, you know, as the challenger, like it'll be such like an amazing moment. And, you know, we're kind of putting the, the, the cart before the horse. Cause he's got a, a little bit of a fight ahead of him, but, because he was so positive, I can be that positive and think that way too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, a, a lots of things are going to have to change. Uh, being that he was the top guy, you don't have John Cena anymore. So it's not like you can just slide John Cena back into that role. John Cena is now, you know, doing most of his work, you know, in movies. And we had this discussion at dinner tonight we you know we went out to sushi for you and, and and for big dave's birthday and you know our friends were there double d dave dutra heartbreak kid danny we were all hanging out and uh, i posed the question to you you as the 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 booking mind that you are who's the guy like who does vince turn to and go okay i just lost as he has lost guys in the past i just lost my Triple H or I just lost my John Cena who do I turn to and uh, it's it's such a great conversation because there's always been a guy for him even when there wasn't a guy you had Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels sort of just waiting to 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 take those reins um and and I I wonder who's that who's there now who is waiting to take that or who is next in line for Vince to, to pull the trigger on? Like, who would you, who would you push as, as the top guy? Good question. I'll keep, I keep thinking about it. Like who would be the guy that you put in that position? Uh, I think short term or immediate will be Seth Rollins, you know, as the top A face, at least the raw brand. You can, of course you got AJ on the SmackDown brand. So um, I think that's like the immediate future. Uh, I know it was brought up. Drew McIntyre was was definitely someone that everyone kind of agreed that could be that guy. I mean, I've seen him as a babyface and as a heel, and he's great at both. So he definitely can slip in that spot in the future. But I don't know. I, I think it just kind of happens, and you got to wait to see. Uh, NXT, I'm kind of thinking anyone in there. I just don't know. Off the top of my head, who could be that guy? I mean, I think people would say, people would immediately say, oh, you got Ricochet there, but Ricochet mm-hmm. is not a traditional 
Vince kind of guy. Yeah, that's what that's that's why I wouldn't pick him. You gotta think Vince. Cause right now, Vince is still there. Until mm-hmm. Vince is not there, then then we can you could probably change a little bit. Like so, you, it's gonna be someone. It's gonna be tall, muscular. Um, that's why Drew McIntyre kind of he checks all those boxes, you know, and uh, but he also can talk too. So he, he's he's a complete package. I I think he'd be good, but. And that Bayface role, I mean, how do you, do you quickly turn them? I mean, but I think, I mean, the guys that get the biggest reaction on the show, at least on the Raw side, I think Seth is the guy right now. I mean, I'm guessing that's who they would, is going to focus on. But in the future, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Matt Riddle, maybe. Um, I just don't see anyone. We We, we kind of all agree that there's, a bunch of people that could be stars, right? But the guy, the one that you narrow focus the spotlight on and build everything around, I just don't see that person there. I'm just not seeing it right now. Um, if I had to take a look deep, and there could be someone in, in developmental that we don't even know about. Could be a uh, uh, a non-traditional top unique person that they have. You know, it could be a football player or someone else that could just kind of rise up and that's what I like to see that because you know Roman Reigns wasn't a, an indie guy that worked years in the indies and you know he was a football player who who came through and had some you know family lineage and wrestling so I think it's gonna be a guy like that it's just who I don't know there's a lot of guys in that developmental you know they had the performance center that it just could be one of those guys so you, I just I just gotta let it play out it gotta let it happen I, you just can't just throw someone in that spot right now. Right now, short term, it's going to be Seth Rollins, and then, and then we'll see what happens. It's going to be, like, it's going to be one interesting year. We always make, talk about every show, but yeah, this is, wow, it's going to be amazing. So you're telling me Tino Sabatelli is going to be Vince's chosen one? It could be. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, he's a guy that does check all the boxes. Right. That with Vince, with Vince, um, I like, uh, I like uh, um, what's his name, Axel Dieter from the uh, Ring Comp. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget his ring name now in in NXT, but he looks really good. I mean, he's a really good wrestler, and I just when I saw him, I just felt like kind of felt like a Randy Orton to me. Um, I can't, I gotta check out his height, but he looked he looked like he had a lot of good size. I mean, I haven't really seen too much of him on the Indies, but from what I saw in NXT, he's been He's been pretty good, so I mean, a guy like that might be who sneaks in and rises to the top. I just try looking at, I mean, who is out there right now on the roster? Who is there a tag guy that can break off? I don't think so. You know. Well, uh, you and I kind of have the same idea. Uh, my my idea is uh, is obviously I think I think it's. It's pretty certain that that Braun Strowman is going to be beat Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel, which is a pay per view that that is still going to happen in Saudi Arabia. They announced that, um, and if if Braun is 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 the guy, uh, I would have him uh, lo- lose the title to Drew, you know, through some chicanery uh, a, a little bit. And then I would have Seth Rollins uh, win the Royal Rumble, and I would have Seth Rollins beat Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Now, 
is that like a, a box office match? No, well, not yet. You know, maybe if they're able to build it correctly. But I like the story of a Seth Rollins type who can be a, an underdog babyface, uh, climbing that mountain to beat the uh, the badass heel. Um, and and I like I like that story. Now, is it a is it a WrestleMania story? I, I don't know. You know that that that's sort of up to up to the booking of it. But I just like the idea because Drew is so so good that if 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 you decide that Seth is the guy, you know where do they usually where do they usually you know put put the uh, you know pass the torch? It's at WrestleMania. So I think that, I think that would be a good a good way to do it. Um, I'm going to throw another name at you and we'll talk about, we haven't, we didn't really talk about at all this, uh, story that came out on SE scoops, which, uh, was probably, uh, I don't know, a year premature from, from what we understand about this idea of the, the bullet club and starting a new promotion and all that stuff. I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking about this like probably every week from here on out, but what about someone like Kenny Omega? Because he is like the hottest guy outside of WWE. Um, he's been on their radar now for about three years, I think. He came from, you know, their developmental system, or not not came from, but he worked in their developmental system. Um, and, and so it's not like they don't know him. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of the, the darling, right? Like he's a darling... Uh, of all guys that they don't have what what do you th- w- w- would he fit into a Vince McMahon uh wrestling company I, I don't I don't I personally don't know if he would but I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on him I mean I think a lot of people right off the bat would say oh Kenny Meg is a guy they got to get him they got to put him in the top position he's like one of the hottest wrestlers out there today I just don't see Vince getting behind him. I don't see him connecting with Vince, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Vince might just love the guy, you know? I just don't see that happening. I don't see Kenny Omega being really happy in the WWE at all. I, You know, he's not going to have that creative freedom. He's going to be produced, and in some cases, maybe people might say overly produced. Mm-hmm. And now he just kind of does his own thing, and he loves it. He enjoys it. So I just, I just don't that happening I see these guys all getting together and maybe going with this new wrestling venture which is going to happen probably in a year or so was probably maybe longer because they got to get a lot of things going to get that promotion started but they have money behind it but let's see what they can do when it comes to a network television deal or something like that but I, I just don't I don't know I don't see Omega if I, I see if, I, if he does sign with WWE I see them pushing him immediately Give him some big moment, big pop, all that stuff. Put him in big matches. But I also see them kind of, you know, make him just another guy in a promotion, you know. I just why, and I think maybe maybe in some cases you might see an example set of you know, him, you know, like losing to guys right away or doing something funky like that. A lot of things can happen with him and WWE, but I just don't see him as a guy because I don't think he's a Vince guy. Okay, I'll give you one more guy. Yeah. One more guy who is kind of outside of 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 their universe. Um you have worked with this person before. Uh and 
you know, I think you were, I think he was pretty impressive to you, but uh, he would also be going back to a company that he left, and that's Cody Rhodes. Yeah, Cody. Cody definitely would fit really well and do really well there again. Um, even better before he'd be in another position that when he left, you know, he was just doing the uh, starter thing and kind of just floating around. But this time, you know, with his, his popularity and how he made his name back up into like a main event guy in the Indies, I definitely can see him in that spot. But I don't think, I think Cody, I don't think Cody wants to go back just yet. I think Cody now wants to, with this whole promotion thing, be part of that. Start something out. Start up and become a become a a competition with the WWE, even though they won't ever ever be the competition with them because the WWE just has too much money. But but it'd be something you know, him to start a, a wrestling promotion, maybe become the book of the promotion, like follow his dad's steps. Mm-hmm. I can see him. I can see him doing that and wanting to accomplish that goal. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Cody is really impressive, and he can do it all. You can see him as a great baby face and a great heel. So. He's one. I just don't see it happening. I, I I really think it's a guy that we don't we're not we don't see we don't we haven't seen him yet or you know that's going to come through the performance center and he's going he's not a f- former indie darling guy. And I think it's going to be one of those kind of people. You know, someone fresh and new that people are going to gravitate to. But we'll see. We'll see. So I think WWE has their work cut out for them a little bit. And look, a lot of times in the history of their company, when they have something happen, whether it's, you know, all of a sudden competition, WCW kicking their ass, uh, or, you know, they kind of have to go young because, you know, they're, a lot of their stars are getting older. They have to, they, they make some changes. And I think with, with Roman going down, you know, they are a year away from going on Fox. And so mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if you saw uh, a lot of their uh a lot of their uh financials but their popularity is way down. I know that they would like you to think the opposite, but their house show business they actually lost money. And that is what Vince has always used, right? As like the sort of the litmus test about 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 how successful they are. It's no longer uh, the main metric, but it does give you an idea of uh, what your current fan base is and how many uh, of those folks are around. I think it it it, it may, maybe it's even better than uh, your your network numbers as far as that is concerned. Because you're probably getting a little bit more of a casual fan base uh, in that number. And so they have a year to figure this whole thing out before they move to Fox because you don't want to go heading into Fox and uh, being on a downswing. You want to, you know, you want to move into Fox and, and, and be hot going into Fox. So, you know, they, they, could, they, they have some time to figure it out. Uh, and, and who knows? Maybe, maybe you know, I, I don't know what the time frame for Roman would be, but maybe maybe that's a opportunity for him to come back you know so at that time but who who knows but basically what i'm saying is is you know they they have their work cut out for them because there are some changes that are being forced upon them and you know it may, maybe this is this is a way to go okay we are stale this is sort of forcing us to to shake up 
now let's let let's make some some changes here. Vince even said himself, you know, he's needed to revamp the live events business uh, because of that, uh, because of their their numbers. So, um, you know, you you kept saying this uh, uh, at dinner, which is you know the the this this next this you know going through January is going to be such an interesting time for for wrestling. WWE included there there's there's stuff that that need that they're gonna get through like I like I look at today and I go what's the what's the WrestleMania main event I have absolutely no idea what that WrestleMania main event is right now yeah yeah it's it's up in the air and luckily now it's WrestleMania is just the event right it's just like the that sells itself just WrestleMania but yeah they're gonna have to Stack the cars and special surprises. Maybe try to bring the Rock back and not just for an appearance, but to wrestle on that show. They're gonna, you know, do a lot. To, I think it's still gonna draw well because WrestleMania. But uh, it, to make it feel special, they're gonna have to do something like you mentioned tonight at dinner. Like maybe Steve Austin comes back or something, you know. So yeah. It's cu- I'm curious to see how WrestleMania is, how it's going to be. I still think they're going to headline with Charlotte versus Ronda for the title, maybe title for title. Because I really think they really want to, they really want to do to put a stamp or final stamp on this whole women's revolution angle that they've been playing for the last couple of years, and that would be the that would be it. You know, the last thing they need to accomplish is the first ever women's WrestleMania main event even though there'll be a triple main event with like special traction match, a title match with like, like you said, like a Roman uh, Seth Rollins versus a, uh, a Drew McIntyre or something like that for the title. Get, guess, uh, guess, guess timekeeper for that match. They need to bring Cindy Lauper back, man. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. guess timekeeper or, you know, they should, referee like the, they, could be they British. Really, they re- yeah they really should bring back like all of the women you know they they're doing a pretty good job of that you know they have the evolution show uh this weekend and uh they, you know they're doing a really good job bringing Trish back like you said Lita uh Medusa's going to be in a battle royal um mm-hmm. uh and uh I think Molly Holly is coming back Ivory's coming back so they're doing a good job of like bringing those folks back but you know if they really do go with a Ronda and Charlotte in the main event like yeah, you bring in Trish back, you bring in Lita back, and they're, you know, maybe they're all at ringside, or there's something. There's got to be something special. Uh, all all the women in is uh, how's is Rock and Robin still around? Yeah, she's still around. They'll probably have that as the main event. Trish, I mean, sorry, Charlotte and Ronda at the end. They'll probably have some kind of feud, of course leading up to it, some blood, blood, blah, 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 blah. But at the end, they accomplished this amazing thing, being the first women's WrestleMania main event, the hug in the middle of the ring, out will come Stephanie, out will come the rest, the, the whole roster of women, they're all in the ring. Confetti will come from this guy. Like, I just feel like that was something like that would happen. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then Tony Storm comes in and challenges the winner. We'll get to her in a, oh, in a few cool. minutes. <laughs> that'd, be dope. that'd be awesome. I would, I would love to see something like that. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so, um, you know, we we we've, I, I said my piece on on Crown Jewel already, uh, and I think 
Nothing's really changed uh, for me, though WWE did make it official that they are going to go out to Saudi Arabia. Um, someone had asked me if we were going to talk about it, and I think the only thing to really talk about it, because, uh, again, we said our piece, uh, I believe it was last week, is the thing that's interesting to me about this is you have two fairly high-level talent in their company who are refusing to go. Now, we don't know the John Cena story. Uh, maybe it's he's getting pressure from, you know, whatever movie studio he's working from, and and they don't want the bad press on whatever his next movie is going to be, so he has to pull out. But the word on the street is is that Cena's out of this show and that they will tell the the story of that on on, on Monday. But also, Daniel Bryan, who's supposed to face AJ Styles in the you know, in the, uh, I guess I used, you'd probably consider it the third highest uh, match on that show um, for the WWE title. And uh, he's, it seems like he's not going to be on the show either. So just sort of knowing Daniel Bryan and his history and his sort of the way that, that his mind works compared to the normal WWE wrestler, I mean, it does look like there's some sort of political difference, uh, and and he's disagreeing with the idea that the show should happen, even though uh, I think many people were hoping that they were going to pull out of it. So um, there's not really an update on that, though I think we will know come Monday if they decide that he gets attacked by by you know Samoa Joe, so that Samoa Joe can get that match in Saudi Arabia or whatever it is, right? But what do you think about the like this? This generally would never ever happen uh, in in WWE, where you have two guys who are just basically saying like, "I'm not going to follow the company line here," and I'm making a political statement. I well, I think one's okay to do that with John Cena, and nothing will happen to him because he's in and out. And but I think Daniel Bryan. You know, he, I mean, first of all, hats off to him, you know, standing by his beliefs and doesn't want to be a part of this event. But at the same time, I worry that, you know, they'll get their revenge on him somehow, some way. Maybe they won't push him as much. Maybe he won't put in that position um, that they were going to put him in. And, or maybe, they, or maybe they, hopefully they'll be, you know, they won't go that way and they'll respect his decision. But, History shows that in wrestling, it's very childish, very, just very, just, just the way they treat people for making certain decisions. I can see them not really pushing him the way they would have, you know, with his recent popularity stuff. I think if that gets out, if he's getting punished, people will backlash again and we'll go through the whole stuff again, but... I mean, I'd rather see that match on the U.S. soil anyway, so I'm not really that upset about this. Or, you know, I'm, I, I just think that match is just wasted on the Crown Rule show. Mm-hmm. So I hope it happens. You know, I hope they pick it up again right after, right after this show. So that's cool. And, I, and it's interesting to what they'll do with AJ Styles. They'll probably have someone fill in. But um, I think someone tonight made a – I think they do just want to make a procession. They like put them in the, the, the tournament, right? I mean, that'd yeah. be great. And have them – you may maybe build up a contender by having him lose in that tournament or or 
him win it all and just, you know, continue that to his, uh, his WWE run, which has been pretty good. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's definitely, uh, an option. Uh, like, you know, I, I just said the Samoa Joe thing just because they've had really good matches and, 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 and it felt like, you know, it felt like the, the last match that they had was probably the, the final one, but you know, those guys are so good. They could go out and tell another great story, um, it, for another match, and and I don't think anybody would would blink an eye. Um, and it's not like it's not like them throwing out Small Joe is really affecting anything because it shows you know sold show and they're paying yeah. people to show up or getting free tickets. So this is our last wrap up of the May Young Classic, and I think what we said at the beginning of this tournament, which is. By the time it gets to the uh, to the to the quarterfinals and the semifinals, this thing's probably going to be really, really good, and that's absolutely what happened. I loved this last episode of this year's May Young Classic. I, it was one of the it was one of my favorite hours of wrestling TV that I can remember watching in a very, very long time. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what I thought after it was over. I was like, wow, it's one of the best hours of wrestling and like you said a very long time it, both matches are really good I, I i can't pick my favorite one i, I really like them equally you know so I, th- I mean i thought they were just just fantastic maybe maybe a slight edge to tony storm and Batamora, but i mean rhea ripley and eo had a fantastic match and eo Eo and Ripley was impressive just because the experience level of, of Rhea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought, you know, she wasn't, I mean, she hung in there with with, with Eo. So I thought that was, I said Rio, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> with Eo. So that was, uh, so that was really impressive. I've been impressed with her since, since last year's tournament. So it's just seeing her grow throughout this whole tournament has been one of my highlights of the tournament. So yeah, it was definitely, I mean, I highly recommend people who are, you know, maybe they're, ha- they're not watching May Young Classic. If there's any hour to watch, this is the one to watch for sure. You know, especially leading into the pay-per-view this Sunday. I thought Satomura was so good. Like, you know, you, we we watch, uh, you know, Asuka and, and you know, even, even Charlotte. You know, I, I would say more Charlotte NXT stuff and, and Sasha Banks and Bailey NXT stuff than, w, than main roster stuff, but... You know, there have been really, really, really good performances, but I'm trying to think of like a better performance at making somebody or making the person who who you're losing to like look like an absolute superstar. Sadamore was so good, just facials, the aggressiveness, like just the the conveying the emotion of all right, I really need to put this girl away. I'm trying so hard to win this damn match, and I just cannot put her away. Like, I'm the vet. I'm supposed to win. Like, I, I got all of those things just through her facial expressions and her aggression. Like, she told such a great story in this match, and obviously Tony is great as well. Tony, you know, Tony Tony was, was there with her, but my favorite wrestling performance in this entire tournament was Satamura from this from this match. Yeah, she she she's really well told that story. And 
I thought she had like the. It wasn't like you know how I hate the overproduced like over the top facial expression when someone like kicks out of your finisher and stuff. Yeah. Like I thought I wasn't. I thought like Sonora played it perfectly and they captured it perfectly. So I like that. Um, when I watched the match, I was kind of feeling the formula. Um, I remember when um, Sotomore hit the uh, Death Valley driver and Tony Storm kicked out. I was okay. Right away, I'm like, okay, she's going to kick out of the Tiger driver. Yeah. And sure enough, she did. So that, that, that part, like, that part I wasn't, like, surprised about. But everything everything looked good. I mean, I, thought, I think everything was on point. Like, I thought, like, they're in the right position. Um, I think this is the match that actually Tony Storm got hurt in. When she did that dive out, you could tell when she jammed that that right arm like into the mat. When she did that that dive out, that was nasty. But she recovered pretty, she recovered really well, and continued the match. I thought that tire drive at the end looked just just looked awesome. It was like the perfect. It just felt dramatic when she hit it, and I, I thought that was awesome. The crowd was just, you know, they started off really quiet in the beginning, and at the end they're just rumbling. So that was, that was, that was really cool. What is the deal with that ramp? It's it, like people get hurt on that ramp seemingly, um, you know, not often. I'm not being overly dramatic, but, you know, we had the Tegan Knox thing and then, you know, the Tony Storm thing. And, and also, why does everyone want to do that dive so much? It's like the dive is great, but it's often used in like the beginning of the match rather than, you know, near the end of the match. Uh, I don't know why that one is just maybe to me it just seems so popular for this tournament, but that ramp seems pretty dangerous and uh, just you know the way it just you know I, I just feel like the way that you know people are getting hurt on this thing like is WWE ever given an explanation uh, of why that ramp is the way that it is? I don't think anything wrong the ramp. I think it's the way people are diving out and getting hurt. Like she dove like through the bottom rope, right? And then she went straight in and down. So she like jams her arm instead of probably going through the second rope and going, you know, a little bit sideways, which you should do. Instead, of, Well, you can do the, the, the Mexican tope where you're just like missling the person. But I mean, just the basics of the dive out, you go through the side a little bit. So your legs can clear the top the you know, middle rope when you're going out. Like Eo does it perfect. Like she does damn near gets, you know, what, vertical, you know, on the, um, uh, or, or not vertical, horizontal on the, on the, on the, on the dive. And I think it looks really pretty, but she's, she's amazing. And, um, you know, Tony just went straight down, like she went down and jammed. So I think it's the way she, they did the dive out more than it was the ramp. The ramp is, the ramp, I don't think it's really hurting people. Um, I think it's fine. It was just, yeah, Tegan thing. And Tegan, same thing. Like, she, when she went to the dial, she went straight in, and she planted her feet down, and when she fell down, you know, she popped her knee. So I want to blame the ramp on this. So I'm going to quote Lance Storm's tweet from his viewing of the match. He said, Watching the Mae Young Classic, how many injuries has that ramp caused? Maybe shorten it or cover it. So you so you don't think there's anything wrong like you don't think the ramp is too close you don't like like you know uh, if you think of an, an aisle in 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 you know uh, or an mm-hmm. aisle to walk down to the ring in WWE it's flat and the ramp kind of is pushed way back but here the ramp gets on you so quickly and cuz I originally thought like they wanted 
the uh, the performance center to emulate what a WWE arena was going to be like. But on the main roster, the ramp is nowhere near that close. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind yeah, of what I was get what I was wondering about. Yeah, no, I don't think it's the ramp. I think in this in these two cases, I think it's the way they dived they dived out. And you know, Tony, like when she like I said she dived, she went straight in. She almost like bear hugged her down, and then they you know wrapped her arms around her. When she went down, she just jammed her jammed her arms right her right hand. So I don't think it's the ramp. It's just the way she fell down. You know, just it's one of those weird things. But I mean, I've seen dives a lot in that promotion and, and with that ramp, and don't really see too many injuries. I don't know what he's talking about. Who other people got hurt on that ramp? But uh, but yeah, I, yeah, it's just I haven't seen it, but I guess maybe maybe, maybe he falls or knows something about that that I don't. But I think I, I put that on the performer how they how they went out and their body and how they did to protect themselves. Uh, so Tony Storm advances to the final. She will be in the in the uh, in, in the champion or not the championship, but the May Young Classic finale, which will be on WWE Evolution on Sunday. Uh, they're all women's pay per view, and we kind of <laughs> we kind of gave away the the winners uh, last week accidentally. I did, not you, but uh, she's going to face Io Shirai, who was one of the. Um, favorites coming into the tournament storm was also a favorite so that you got you get really two you know two two women who i think a lot of people had earmarked for this position even though you know like we said last week neither of them at least as far as we know were supposed to win it was supposed to be tegan knox but you get um you get a great uh, a great finale here io shirai against rhea ripley i also love the story of this match because it was you know the 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 baby face, the smaller baby face, going up against the giant heel, and Rhea Ripley is maybe uh, I don't know if she can win the uh, most improved wrestler of the year in the Observer Awards, but she's got to be at least on the uh, on the ballot. You know, as far as people who get votes, because man, she's really she's really gotten uh, gotten really good in in a short amount of time, and like you mentioned. In the last uh, the last episode where she beat Tegan Knox, like how quickly she was able to think on her feet and uh, and continue her character, and uh, and I thought she was just so good with her character here, uh, just like just a the great heel. Uh, you felt something when Eo finally sticks the the moonsault and 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 wins the match. Like it felt like an accomplishment. And uh, I, again, I probably like again uh, like you said, I like the first match a little bit better, but this match was right there. Re- just really, really good wrestling match, and you know this was this kind of stuff that you know if you put it up against like real classic stuff, it probably doesn't it doesn't stand up against that kind of stuff. But just in today's wrestling, just to see you know two matches that really felt like they meant something, and the emotion and the passion, like you don't often get that. Uh, too much, but uh, here I thought we got it in both matches, and I, I just can't can't get over how how much I enjoyed the second one too. Yeah, um, it's a simple story of you know the more powerful wrestler versus the smaller wrestler, and Io you know did a great job. Rhea did a great job hanging with with Io, and you know Rhea wasn't supposed to be in this position; it was supposed to be Tegan, and and 
it came through, and and I think upped your stock. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't necessarily know this information or anything like that, but I just feel like I believe that with her performance in Man Classic is the reason why she became the NXT UK Women's Champion. Uh, that's 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 my theory. I think, and I think they made the right call. I think she's a perfect perfect title for her to start out with and but she definitely should be put in the mix for the uh nxc women's title sooner than later because i mean she she's she's fantastic and eo classic baby face um she can do it all i think she can also be a really good heel i think she's going to be one to beat tony storm um at the pay-per-view and i think there's just like a natural a natural match they have the two best friends Tyree and EO go for the, you know, go for the championship, wrestle for the championship, and I think it's just a, a match you need to make. And plus, it's a, a classic rivalry from Stardom promotion, and all the hardcore Joshy wrestling geeks would just love to watch that match and, and overrate it. And, uh, but no, but they'll have a classic. They'll, they'll definitely have a great match. So I think EO's probably going to go over Tony Storm. I would think, but uh, I think Eo looked good in this. She hit that moonsault beautifully. My favorite part of the match was she started, like, she reversed the body scissors and ended up in the position where she's just, you know, throwing elbows on Rhea. And, like, one thing about Japanese women, like, they always have really good fire, and she had great fire in this, and she, like, was hitting those elbows, boom, 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 boom. And each one, the crowd's getting louder and louder, and finally she just, like, gears back. Holds it, dramatic pause, boom, nails the, nails the elbow, and you know, she, that was awesome. That was that was a really cool, really cool moment of the match, and yeah, man, it was, it was a hell of an hour of wrestling that people definitely need to go out their way to see. So that leads us, like we said, to WWE Evolution. Now this show is uh, someone someone made. Uh, it's my I think it's my buddy Pedro uh, who said. That Crown Jewel is so much more stacked as a as a wrestling show than this, and and he's absolutely right. I mean, when you bring Shawn Michaels back from retirement, and then you have Brock Lesnar against Braun Strowman, like yeah, of course uh, it is. And I think the one thing about this show, you have Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella. Uh, Rousey's been amazing. I know you haven't watched Raw, but if you have an uh, opportunity. Check out the segment from last week where uh, she had some really killer lines against against both Bellas. And then this week they did uh, the contract signing and like Rhonda was just great at being I mean, she's great at being Rhonda. Right. And and, and like yeah. just she's she just did her did her job to, to promote this match. I think, you know, better than than uh, I would have even expected. Um. And so on this show, I think the I think the main issue with the show is two of your top matches are Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler, which is going to be good, but your normal casual audience probably is not watching this stuff. Uh, it's NXT. It's streaming. And then another match that you and I are excited about is is what we just talked about, Io and, and Tony Storm. Yet another match that a casual ticket buying fan base may not be aware of, and so you have two matches of of that are you know that I'm really looking forward to, but that a larger audience may not even be aware of. Like I, I really worry about 
uh, about kind of the heat in both of these matches. Now, hopefully I'm wrong and and a really hardcore audience comes out because if so, I think the uh, I think I think they can really have good matches here. But my main worry is is like, you know, Io Shirai and Tony Storm, you know, to the Mae Young Classic audience is great. And to the WWE producers is like, eh, you know, we'll give it eight and a half minutes or what, you know, whatever. Not saying that they'll do that, but I just, I hope that they have it in the same high regard as us, because if so, I think they'll have a really good match. But, you know, we see this a lot in, in the WWE women's matches on, on a, a pay-per-view, um, you know, they're, they're going to high spots and doing stuff that maybe doesn't look great because they're trying to cater to, you know, what they think the audience wants when instead just a solid, solid wrestling match like what we just saw in the, in both these final matches is all you really need. And, I mean, you know, EO, EO could do tons of different stuff, but, you know, she just needs to hit the moonsault one time. Um, you know, Tony, Tony did have to hit her finish twice, but like you said, it was because of the, the pattern that, that they did with their, with their finishers, but it's not like then, you know, Tony went to the top rope and hit a moonsault to the outside. She didn't need to do that. That wasn't what their stories were about. So I just really hope that the matches are booked smartly to their strengths and that they do give them some time to tell the story that they need to. Cause if so, I think these, the NXT match and then May Young Classic match could be, you know, two, the two best matches on the show. Uh, some people will say Becky and Charlotte, and I hope so, but I've watched them wrestle a few times already, and I was, eh, it's all right. <laughs> Nothing special. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah. So uh, do you have any any uh, thoughts or predictions or any feeling of, uh, of how this pay-per-view is going to do? Or uh, I, I know that they, you know, they didn't really... I, I saw a stat that if you really wanted to go to this show um, on StubHub, you could get in for like seven bucks or something. So I, I don't think they're knocking them dead as far as uh, ticket sales or or whatever. But uh, this could be one of those like kind of like sleeper shows for uh, for their audience, where you know you do get a couple of really good matches out of it, and and you kind of walk away going like, you know, I'm really glad I watched that show, even though. Going in, I may not have been a hundred percent interested in watching it. Do we know if this is going to be a four-hour event or a three-hour event? There's only seven matches, and the only match that I could even see going twenty minutes is Becky and Charlotte. So if this is yeah. four hours, um, I mean, I don't know I what they not. would do. I don't know what they would do because what's scheduled is only. You know they have the women's battle royal, which is it's not going to you know be a long match, um, and then you have Sasha Bailey and Natalia against the Riot Squad, which is probably going to be the opener, um, and uh, Trish and Lita against Alicia Fox and Mickey James. You know, maybe 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 that will get a little bit of time, but there's no real. With, I don't with, think it's going to. Go, I don't think that match is going that long, especially with Ale- with Alexa think- out. There's no real beef anymore yeah. i think um i think the, i think eo and tony will get will get some time because those, those girls can handle it and put on a good match i think the crowd is going to be a little hard a little hardcore a little more than usual i think and i think they're going to win the crowd over i think it's going to be like a 
uh, Brian Tillman and Jason Lier, you know, being the best match of Super Bowl two, like opening up. Not that I'm not saying they're going to open it, but I'm saying they're going to stand out. Their performance is going to stand out. I think it's going to be something special. I think those girls are going to have something to prove. I think Triple H is going to let them have that moment to prove it, and give them the time. I think they're going to give them at least 15 minutes, and I think the girls will do really well. And, you know, because I don't think Ronda and Bree Bell is really going that long, or Nikki Bell is really going that long. I think it's, uh, I don't think you can really have. Nikki Bella or even Rhonda go out there for, I don't know, what, not 12 minutes, I don't think, unless there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, the interference between Bree and, and maybe Natty comes out. I mean, you could probably stretch it out, but with that kind of stuff, but I don't see them going that long. I think they'll have a good match. I think they're going to have their, their thing down. They're, they're going to have a can, which is fine. I'm not, gonna, not against canned matches. But they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have it all well worked out and executed correctly, um, and we'll see if it, you know, pushes the correct button to the audience. But I think you know, I'm not really like worried about Ronda's performance. She always seems to hit a home run every time she's given the ball. So um, it should be, yeah, you're right. It could be a sleeper pay per view. But I want to say the best match of the night is going to be Io and Tony. They're gonna knock it. They're gonna. They're gonna knock it. They're gonna knock, they're gonna just gonna rock that place, and it's gonna be um, the talk, most talked about match of the night, in my opinion. I, I hope so. I really do. Um, I, 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 what I hope also is that Becky and Charlotte don't feel like they have to do Kenny Omega versus Okada. <laughs> like I hope they know that all all that the fans want is a really strong match where there's real beef, there's real hatred, uh, there's real feud, and uh, that they don't have to hit all these crazy high spots and then miss them and then get flustered when they miss them because now it kind of screws up the, you know, I, I feel like that's been a little bit of a pattern for some of these matches. Uh, and in other matches, it looks like, you know, they, they just might not have a whole ton of time, but, they, you know, Ronda and Nikki is the main event, but as far as like, you know, the time, and I think this match is going to be given the most time. And I just really want them to hit it out of the ballpark because, uh, you know, the, this is an opportunity on a, on a pretty big stage for them to, to show out. And you always want them to, to be able to, um, come up big, you know, when it counts. And, uh, and, and so I hope they do. Um, so, there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about that I might be forgetting, but um, we, uh, like I like I said, we'll talk about the Observer stuff uh, next week. But we've been, you know, doing these like longer uh, 90, 90 minute shows, and I wanted to make sure that we, you know, we got out of here at, at a good clip. So, from a wrestling standpoint. That's really all that I had on the docket. Um, we will get to what you've been watching uh, in a second, but I know that you've been away from home for for the whole week. So I I, I imagine your kids update is either based on um, FaceTime or maybe when when you finally got home and you got to see the kiddos. Like, what's going on? How was that whole thing being away from the kids for so long? Uh, it was tough to be away from the kids. Uh, when I was on the work trip, 
Uh, thank goodness for FaceTime that we're able to FaceTime, you know, and, and I was a little worried about Chloe, me being gone, but she did really well. And she wasn't really into FaceTime as much as I would like her to be, but <laughs> she was kind of, you know, but I got to like read her stories and tell my story that I, you know, I made up that she likes to hear a bedtime story that she likes to hear. So I got to tell her that. Um, so that was really cool. Like I said, FaceTime face is one of the best inventions ever. It's been great because my, my parents live in Auburn, so I could just FaceTime them and they could see the kids. And, and um, you know, like being in Fresno for my work trip, you know, it was nice to kind of, you know, check in on them and, and you could see them. And, and it, uh, you know, I kind of got rid of my coworkers like, oh, I've never seen someone FaceTime so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, I enjoyed it because I loved seeing them and and uh, that, was, that was really cool. Uh, Chloe on the way back, she was really excited. I mean, like, hang on, she was excited to see me, so it was awesome. And you know, so it's been cool to hang out and see her, give her hugs and kisses, say thank Hunter. And but she's funny, you know, like she's like I just feel like I don't know what it is, but I feel like she talks even more. I only got for a week, but it feels like she's just talking even more. And you know, she's really into these snacks like she wants to eat snacks she really just wants these like paw patrol gummy bears right a little pack they come i don't know how they come in there like four or five whatever it is but she wants them so she's like daddy can i have a snack can i have a snack and i'm like no you know you can't you already had one and you know they want to overload her sugar so she's like i'm like you have something else and she's like she likes to snack on popcorn and uh, or like the little fishes, you know, little fish crackers. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, "Yeah, fish crackers, Daddy. I'll get fish crackers." Fish, so, fishy, okay. fishy crackers will be a. Uh, I, I I I say for the next seven years, you and your wife will be will be <laughs> buying fishy crackers from Costco. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so I go and I open it up, the cap, the pantry, and I go, oh. There's no fish, fishy crackers here, right? <laughs> and she goes, she goes, oh yeah, I want that. And she points out to the kicks. <laughs> <laughs> like she like knew like there's no fishy crackers in this. Or this. So, so you got, got you got suckered food. again. Yeah, but definitely they're not gonna they're not fall for the gummy bears because that's not gonna happen. The one's okay, Dave, but not like yeah. You get her, you give her sugar, man. She comes feisty so we got cool on the sugar <laughs> so what are, what are the kids going to be uh, for halloween you got you got uh, uh four well, days we, oh we already have that that's all settled she's going to be bell from beauty the beast and he's going to be the beast oh nice cool beast costume yeah so it'll be cool she's looking forward to trick-or-treat go trick-or-treating and um she's like really into halloween she loves it like she wants to watch halloween stuff and She's excited, so you know we're gonna. She still was only three, so we'll. And Hunter's, of course, only five months, so we'll do our rounds to our family houses, the you know family friends and stuff like that. Do the in-laws block, which is a you know not that long of a street. And we'll just go to the houses that we know. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, that's, that's always a really good time. And uh, maybe we'll go back. We're definitely gonna stop by my coworkers' house, which is on the way close by my in-laws and. There'd be definitely Jack and Coke waiting for me for that there, so that'd be cool. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. Looking forward to Halloween. How's okay. your kids doing? They're just they're just teenage boys, man. There's there's just <laughs> you know uh, I, I've had enough of the thinking of like what's wrong with this boy and i just go you know what he's just a teenage boy and he's 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 got hormones and 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 stuff and he's gonna (laughs) deal with things the way that he deals with them but sometimes both of them i kind of kind of sit there and wonder and i go what's wrong with what's wrong with this guy what's wrong with this boy like i I don't get it he's got brain damage like what's going on Um, but but what i was gonna ask you was how old were you when you last dressed up for Halloween and actually went door to door with a bag asking for candy? Good question. I would say well, I got really lazy like last couple of years, like baseball player, boom, mm-hmm, done, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, being young, know, it's probably just like you being fans of baseball, like you had jerseys and stuff. So I had like, different jerseys. I had like a Red Sox jersey, Giants jersey, of course. And, you know, so I would just like, oh, and then I have my, my Red Sox <laughs> starter jacket because Sam Malone wore it. Oh. Cheers. Yeah. You think it's Mayday. Mike Greenwald or someone. Like <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but nope, nope, nope. Sam Malone, the man, Mayday Malone, the great relief pitcher, First season, especially for, for the Boston Red Sox, until um, he, you know, due to his alcohol alcoholism, you know. But uh, you know, you know, Cheers, my all-time favorite show. Sam Malone, one of my idols. So I definitely like. I was so into Cheers, like I wanted the Red Sox starter jacket. <laughs> Sam Malone wore it on Cheers, so I would like just put that on. Go. So I would say eighty nine, ninety. You know, and I was like, I think my. I think I was in seventh grade, it's probably my last year. So yeah, probably ninety. So yeah, that was about it. And after that, I got I got it got too cool for school for me. So um, yeah, I stopped. And then it was just like hanging out at friends' houses and stuff, and just being goofy. Yeah. I think I was a freshman in high school. It was my last time. Um, and like you, like you just said, you know, the easy costume is just to like put on your baseball uniform or whatever. But I would make sure so that the uniform was official and I, and I didn't, you know, I, I, and I, I didn't really, like, just throw something on. I had to make sure I wore my cup. Oh, my God. That's serious. That's serious business. I had to wear my... Yeah, I, 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 had to, happen. I had to wear my sliding shorts, my jock, <laughs> and my cup to make the uniform official. You ever trick oh, man, or you went all out. You ever try trick or treating with a cup on? Not to no, not not no. not the most comfortable trick or treating, but uh, but yeah. So, um, I was trying to think of when my kids, when the last time I took my kids trick or treating, but I feel like they like trick or treating is something entirely different today, unless you're like a baby. Um, it's it's not as cool. Because you can't stay out as late. And so I think kids just lose interest uh, uh, earlier, you know, in, 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 you know, maybe before they're even a teenager. Because part of what made trick-or-treating fun was running out and kind of like 
ditching your parents and and mm-hmm. kind of just going out in the night like not in a dangerous way but not in like a you know that you have the security that your parents are there too so i don't think kids do that anymore like maybe maybe some do but i feel like you know once you get past you know uh elementary school or whatever you kind of just lose interest because you know kid parents don't let their kids run around you know run around the neighborhood now it's like a lot of people take their kids to the mall Mm-hmm. And or there's like a church function. A lot, a lot of churches do like a lot of big events in the night. Um, and you know, the world's a little crazier than when we're little. Let's be honest. Is is it crazier? Kind of is it crazier, or do we just have more information? Like, were we blind to it when we were younger because we didn't have the information, and now we do? Or do you so. think it is actually more dangerous? Dude, I remember going around all over the place mm-hmm. to trick-or-treating with my friends. Like, I can't believe by ourselves we went so far. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm talking about miles. I feel like, <laughs> like, I was like, you know, checking the, I was just like thinking about the area I grew up in and how far we went. And it was long, 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 long ways. Yeah. And we always end up, I usually would spend at a friend's house, like my friend, my friend Chad's house or my friend Joel's house, or, you know, like their houses. Like, I never like, came back home that night i was usually at a sleeping over friends house but we just kind of like we'd go all over the place and i just can't believe it i walked all that hey now I'm like oh my god no way but you know the kids are just running around town and i just don't think that and i know it's funny too like people were more involved with halloween when i was like participated in it like there's houses a lot more houses decorated now it's like not as much it's like what a few uh, at, a, at a block or maybe less. I think that's a big change, you know. And it wasn't just me being like like, like young memories. Like I, I remember like my, my my street when I grew up and like I would say like I don't know eighty percent of the houses were decorated mm-hmm. for Halloween. You know now it's like I'm looking at the neighborhood I'm in now and it's like our house is decorated and I don't see much decorations in the other houses. It's weird very strange you know yeah. and and like that's cool that chloe's into it right now i'm sure hunter's gonna be it because you know katrina and i are both really into halloween and and love the love it so i think i, I think they'll probably be into it too hopefully and who knows what's gonna be like when they're older right it's gonna be, it'll be interesting to see absolutely like do, do you uh do parents today still give the warnings about candy like oh when you get your candy, you have to bring it to me. So I look through it to make sure no one has put any poison in it and all like, is that stuff still a worry? Like, cause I remember my mom used to yeah. always make sure that she, you know, she had to check through my candy. And at some point I was like, you know what? That's kind of, it's probably BS. Like it's probably, you know, the, the zero, zero, zero point zero, zero one percent chance that something actually does happen to the candy. Uh, but like that, that used to be like a scary thing. Like, Oh, you imagine, right? Like you're going, you have a neighbor in the vicinity of the four blocks around your house that is puncturing candy and putting poison <laughs> inside of it. Like, like that's basically the, the, the story that my mom would tell. And I'm just like, these people live in our neighborhood. They would actually do this to children. Like, who are these crazy animals? You know? Yeah. That happened when I was little, yes. 
make sure you check your candy. And I remember there used to be like PCAs on TV, right? And then like, you know, you'd check the wrapper, make sure it wasn't ripped open or any kind of like, you know, I remember that. So, I mean, I'd probably give that same speech, honestly. To my <laughs> Just because it's crazy out there, you know, I, 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 it's, it's just crazy right now. It's, that's why, I, you know, luckily now it's easy. We just go to people we know. And, but now this year's going to be interesting. What's going to be different about this year is she definitely knows what candy is. <laughs> so that's going to be, we're going to have to like really regulate what we give her and stuff and, and stuff and how that works. So she's going to probably want, I bet you anything first out, she wants to open that candy up right away. 100% going to happen. I know she's going to do that and be like, no, we don't let her. She's going to cry. And that might be an Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> what if she gets? What if she gets? We might have to give her a little taste. What if she? What if she? To keep her going. What if she gets some Paw Patrol fruit snacks in her Halloween candy? Oh, she's oh, she'll stop everything. That's over. <laughs> she's like, oh, gold mine. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I hope that you guys have fun. I don't. I think I'm gonna go. I'm probably going to go uh, downtown San Jose. Uh, I think I have a little cousin who's doing like a little flash mob thing. So if I'm not hanging out in Gilroy with my kid, I'll probably be out there just, you know, hanging out with some some of my little cousins. But, uh, okay, so uh, I, I, I don't know what you have possibly been watching because you've been away, uh, though maybe mm-hmm. you get some extra iPad time. I don't know. But tell me if you have been watching anything, what – was John watching this week? Well, I didn't watch much because I was usually running around after after a long work day. We blew off steam, go get some drinks and dinner, and, and it was you know more work, you know, coworker bonding. So that was that was really cool. So I did though when it comes to wrestling, I did watch the latest MLW show that they put up, cause, and it was a uh, you know Tom Lawler. Versus Shane Strickland, and I thought it was a really damn good match. And, and you know, Tom is so good, and, and Shane Strickland's a guy that kind of like really won me over. I see the what he can do, and this match proves he's not just like this high flying guy. Like he can work the mat, he can tell a good story, and Tom, Tom's just so good, and he's probably too humble to admit it, but he is really good. Like, and Tom's such a character, has such charisma, but like it's all the way through the match. Like he's got some facial expressions. He is, he's, he's just, he's just really, he's, he's awesome. I really enjoyed this match. It felt like a war. It felt intense. There was a moment where low key interfered, which I, I think took the crowd out of it a bit. Like, I think if they would, wouldn't have done that result. I understand why court booked it that way, but like it was just left with no interference. I think the, the finish, which was very good would have been just a little bit more dramatic and the crowd have been a little higher for that. But yeah, you know, MLW has been like a fun watch for me weekly. I, I've been tuning in, you know, and, uh, I just, I just thought this was a hell of a, hell of a match. And I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, Tom versus low key. looks like they're building that for a future match of time down the line. So I'm curious to see how those two gel together. I think, I think they would, I think they'll do well. And, um, and yeah, so it it's really smartly booked. I thought this whole program between 
Shane Strickland, Tom Waller, and Loki as well. So, yeah, definitely watch that. That's, that's my pick of the week. Tom Waller or Shane Strickland. Check it out. Let me know your thoughts. Um, okay, so last thing before we go here. Um, you know, I, I am so thankful that we have the ability to do podcasts because I, you know, my, the thing that I wanted to do out of college was broadcast. The reason why I wanted to broadcast is because I loved listening to Giants baseball when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was growing up, they, they showed the uh, away games on TV and then all of the home games were radio only. So from, gosh, probably when I was like eight years old, uh, all the way through, you know, when I was senior in high school, I probably listened to, you know, at least 50 games a year on the radio in my bedroom, you know, doing whatever I was doing, video games or homework or whatever. And uh, <clears throat> the person who I listened to the most and who I had so much, uh, who I had just loved, was a guy by the name of Hank Greenwald. Yep. Hank Greenwald uh, passed away earlier this week. And I just kind of wanted mm. to give him a little bit of a shout out because part of the reason why I wanted to get into radio, yeah, a good chunk of the reason was because I would hear him call baseball games and he wasn't the flashiest announcer. He wasn't the national announcer like John Miller, who did ESPN games. You know, Crook and Kipe, we get to listen to those guys today. Hank kind of taught them how to do the job in a sense. And he was just my favorite, favorite announcer. So I just wanted to end, end our show just giving a shout out to Hank. Uh, he was the guy who was, you know, a big part of why I wanted to do radio and probably why we do this podcast, uh, you know, to some extent. But uh, rest in peace, Hank Greenwald. I, I believe he was 83. My favorite giant, wow. Giants announcer of all time and uh, someone who, uh, you know, who was very influential to me as I was growing up and uh, the reason why I wanted to get into radio. So thanks to Hank. Uh, thanks to John. We will be back next week. Uh, hopefully not on the weekend. I think we'll get our normal schedule back uh, uh, to uh, either Wednesday or Thursday night. Uh, but in the future, you know, stuff's going to happen and we may have to push shows here or there a, a day or two out. And and uh, that that will happen from from time to time. But uh, I really enjoy our, our schedule. You know, we're getting a lot of folks who uh, who are finding the show for the first time, probably really appreciate the new listeners and, you know, ever so slowly. You know, we're, uh, we're selling these tapes out of the back of the trunk and uh, people are listening more and more and more. So really appreciate that. Uh, so thanks, John, again. Uh, we will see you when we see you. Peace out. Maldonado with the lead from third. Butler off second. Thompson from first in the pitch. And Clark hits it up the middle in a center field base hit. Maldonado scores!